We're back for week two, uh, as Sam and Levi were saying earlier, of our Build Your Life series, which is pretty cool. I love getting super practical, uh, particularly when it comes to how we can better ourselves. Personal development is something I'm hugely interested in. So this is a cool little series that we've got. Now, Jesus said, I have come that they, meaning us, may have life to the fullest. Who would like to experience a half-empty life? Correct answer. Who would like to experience a full life? A fullest life. God wants to help us build our life no matter where we're at, no matter what we've faced, no matter what our highs or lows have been, whether we feel like a victim or not. God wants to help you build a better life. Where you're at right now, where you've been in the past is not the end of your story. There is more to come which is pretty cool. God wants to fulfill our wildest dreams and desires. He wants to go over and above that, but there's one catch, guys. We've got to do our bit. God can open every door. He can provide every opportunity. But if we don't step through them, if we don't develop ourselves uh, to be able to take full advantage of what God's put into us, we are not going to set ourselves up for a win. And that is what building your life is about, about creating the future you want to live in. Who would like to leave the world a better place than when they entered it? Me too. If we build our lives well, we will. Last week, we kicked off with choosing a career, which is pretty cool. Uh, Pastor Levi interviewed Pastor Sarah and Pastor Josh O'Sullivan. I was sick last week, so I checked it out on YouTube. If you were away last week, I'd highly recommend you check it out because it was awesome. Um, Sarah, one thing I just wanted to highlight that you said, we talked about your experience Uh, going to university and studying and ending up in a certain job that you thought was the career God had for you. Yet a few years later, you actually found out God had more in store for you. I think that's so powerful that God wants to keep moving us forward. So thanks for sharing that. That was cool. I really took a bit away from that. Now this week, we're going to talk about something so crucial, so critical that it will apply to every single area of your life. Not all the time though, but it will apply in times that Uh, are difficult and hard. And so we've got to be able to have a good handle on this if we want to move forward uh, in our career, if we want to maintain good friendships, uh, if we want to have a healthy family life, we have to learn how to have the hard conversation. Who's ever had to have a hard conversation? Maybe you've been on the receiving end of a hard conversation. Levi Island talks talk about it as conflict resolution. I like the tough chat, the hard conversation. Hey, if we want to build our life well, and we can't have a hard conversation, we're not going to build our life well. I'm going to be that frank, that blunt, that upfront about it tonight. I remember a few years ago when I started working here at our church, my job role was to run our Ready for Work program, which was a government-funded program we ran to help young people get work. Uh, Essentially, we went out into the community, to schools, to people who'd left school, um, all the way through to young adults who were just struggling to find work, And we journeyed with them to help give them the skills or train them up or find opportunities for them to get into the workplace. And I worked with hundreds of young people over that time. And I realized something about the people we worked with. Okay, yeah, a resume can be touched up here and there. Maybe someone needs to put a bit of effort into their cover letter. Maybe they need an attitude adjustment. But what really, the area that most people really needed help in was their ability to communicate. And I'm not talking about communicate with your friends because who has a friend here? Please, everyone put your hands up. I know you all have friends, right? 
we can all, we've all got a family member. We can all talk with people we know. We can all laugh with people we know. But when it comes to communicating with people we don't know, when it comes to communicating about things that are really important to us, to people that maybe are our bosses or we're unsure of how the conversations are going to go, i.e. conflict resolution, i.e. having a hard conversation, this is where I found most people actually tended to struggle. It wasn't that these young people couldn't get jobs because 99% of the people I worked with had the ability to get a job. It was that they couldn't keep the job and not because they would get fired, but because they would leave it. They just would, something would come up, there'd be a problem or a miscommunication or they would just experience something and they wouldn't talk about it. Their first response would be to run away. And then they would find themselves working with us to help them find employment And it was just this vicious cycle going around in circles. They could not have the hard conversation. Maybe you've felt like one of these young people where you've come across a situation, maybe hanging out with a group of friends and one person in particular just keeps making that joke about you. And it was funny the first time and the third time, but probably not funny the 15th time you've heard it. In fact, it's starting to get on your nerves. Maybe at your workplace, your boss likes to micromanage you and you really don't like being micromanaged. Maybe they don't talk to you at all and you would like a little bit more communication. Maybe you've got a family member whose actions are are not just hurting themselves, but they're starting to hurt you and other people in the family. You know those situations that we face where something just doesn't sit right with us and we have to say something about it. Like we, we need to have a conversation with the person. Has anyone felt like that before? I'm not talking about when you're in traffic and someone cuts you off. That happens daily here in Toowoomba. I'm not talking about a situation you can shrug off like that. And if you, if you can't shrug that off, um, hey, pray for patience. Uh, but I'm talking about a situation that you've come across that you need to have the conversation about. When working with these young people, a really common thing that prevented them from having that conversation was fear. Fear. Maybe they had experienced being rejected or disrespected by someone they care about in the past, so they were scared of that happening in the future. Sometimes they were scared of that happening and they'd never even experienced it before. Those kind of feelings, I think, were not just for them. I think we've all felt like that at some point when it comes to one of these conversations. And sometimes that fear, you know, we can push through it. Sometimes that fear will actually paralyze us to the point of not having the conversation. Sometimes it's easy to bring it up. I know Izzy, I'm throwing myself under the bus here, it's okay. Izzy's had a few conversations with me about not cleaning the sink strainer out after I'm finished washing up. But you know, the more she, I'm sure the first time it was really difficult for her to bring up um, because you know, I might have said, no, it's actually you doing it, Izzy. The reality is it's me. Uh, but the more she's brought it up, the easier it's become. And the e- I would like to think I've worked on this, and I'm not perfect at it, but I would like to think because she's brought it up, I've been able to work on it. Uh, I'm getting better at it, I hope. Is he? Please don't throw me under the bus. It's great. She says yes, so I'm winning. It's recorded. Uh, and she's feeling le- uh, less annoyed about it as time's gone on. That's the beauty of having these conversations with people. Yes, that's something small, but I've seen small things erupt into big things. When we have the conversation with people, uh, we actually can have a positive result. When we don't have the conversation with people, this is essentially what happens, right? Okay, someone rubs me the wrong way. It hurts my feelings. And I come up to them and I just don't want to have the conversation. I start to avoid it. 
And then sooner or later, I start to find myself avoiding that conversation. I start avoiding that person. I start avoiding situations that that person might become. And then suddenly, I'm now uh, pulling myself out of social circles. I'm starting to put myself on my own. There's a word for it. I'm forgetting it. It's a really good word. Pardon? I'm reclusing. Is that the word? (laughs) We just trust people. We start to dislike people. And then over time, what ends up happening is we start to develop a little bit of a fence in our hearts. Has anyone ever felt like that? The problem with a fence, like, okay, we're all going to get hurt. We're all going to get offended in life. We have to accept that. The problem with a fence is it's like chaining a dead body to your ankle, right? Like a big ball and chain, except it's a dead body. It's okay for the first two steps. You drag this thing on, yeah, it's all right. I can hold on to this. But if you start taking 10, 15, 100 steps, it's getting heavier and heavier with every step. Could you imagine dragging an 80 kilo body behind you? Not all of us are built for that, myself included, right? So it's, it's getting heavier. It's getting harder for us to carry. But it also, it's a dead body. It's going to start to rot. It's going to start to stink. It starts making us stink. So not only do we have this heavy weight we're dragging around, we stink. Our attitude stinks. We start looking at life poorly and suddenly we're wearing the glasses of a fence and we're seeing our entire life through them. It affects how you see that person. It affects how you see people close to you, your friends, your family, your work colleagues, randoms in the street. And suddenly you're not building your life. You're living in a fence. And that's a really dangerous place to live. But on the other hand, when we have the conversation, as we said, we give an opportunity to build our relationship with that person. We actually build our self-confidence by expressing our needs. That helps us feel more confident in ourselves. It improves our communication. When you are solution-oriented and you can work towards uh, a solution to an issue, you no longer distrust the person. You actually increase trust with the person. And that sounds a little bit more like building our life, doesn't it, right? So who wants to learn how we do this well? Because we can do it poorly. We'll touch on that. So let's turn to Scripture because there's plenty of wisdom in Scripture. And I feel we're in church. We should talk about Scripture. But Jesus is full of wisdom. Matthew 18. uh, If you're familiar with the book of Matthew, there is a lot of parables right through the middle section. In chapter 18, we're going to put it up on the screen. He's telling lots of different parables. Well, I mean, they they seem different when you read them on the surface. But really, there's a core underlying message about how we live walking with humility, caring for each other, and living in peace with each other. And I think that fits pretty well for talking about how we can have hard conversations. So we're going to read a chunk. Uh, Verses 15 to 22. If your brother or sister or friend or family member sins against you, that sounds pretty serious, hey? They sin against you. Sounds pretty wild. But really, he's just talking about if they just do something that rubs you the wrong way. That's probably the easiest way to explain it. If someone you know does something to hurt your feelings or gets on your nerves or seriously disrespects you, anywhere on that scale, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. And if he refuses to listen to them, Tell it to the church. Pause. This is not permission for you to go and spread a rumor or gossip about someone, okay? We're going to look into a bit further depth what this means, but it is not permission to spread a rumor. 
And if he refuses to uh, listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Now, I first read this, and I know how the Jewish people thought about Gentiles and tax collectors. They didn't like them very much. They shunned them. They avoided them, which then leads me to think, is Jesus telling us to shun people just because they wouldn't listen to us? What do you guys think? No one's game to answer, are you? (laughs) In other parts of uh, the Gospels, Jesus tells us to love our enemies and to turn the other cheek, right? I don't think Jesus is telling us to shun them or to shun someone just because they won't listen to you. I think he's telling you to treat them with respect, but maybe they're not your friend, right? I think that's a better way to look at it. We love them. We treat them with with respect, but we're probably not going to be best friends with them. And then he continues on. He says, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they will ask, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. And for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And then Peter, love him dearly. Peter came up and said, How often will my brother sin against me? And I forgive him as many as seven times. And Jesus looked at him and I'm sure had some thoughts, but didn't say them. He said, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times, i.e., Jesus is saying to Peter, mate, think about it. I'm saying you should forgive them as many times as it takes. So there's a fair bit in here. We're going to pull some, uh, just some keys away from that, that we can all go away and apply in every single hard conversation we may have to have for the rest of our life. I apologize. I cannot be specific because... There are infinite possibilities, but these are principles I've found work in my life. I've seen work in other people's lives, and I need to say this up front. I also can't promise that every single hard conversation you're going to have is going to go perfectly, but what we can control is our response to these situations. We can't be responsible for how other people respond unless we do it poorly, and then maybe it's our fault, but if we do it well, we've done our bit right? We just have to trust Jesus with the rest. So how do we have a hard conversation? Well, first things first, start with forgiveness. This is where Jesus lands this passage of scripture, where he says to Peter, you got to forgive him as many times as it takes. I know he finishes there, but he says at the start, go and do this. I think we need to start with forgiveness because firstly, Go back to that offense thought, right? If you're offended with someone and you're viewing the world through those glasses of offense and you're going to try and have a solution-orientated conversation with a person who's offended you, do you think it's going to go too well? No, Levi, it's not going to go well at all. And it's probably not going to be their fault. It's probably going to be your fault. First things first, we have to start with forgiveness before we even go to the person. And what do we mean by forgiveness? First and foremost, it is about you. It is about your heart and releasing yourself from feeling the way you feel about the person or situation. Forgiveness is you choosing to let go of what's happened, to let go of whatever you're holding against that person so that you can move into what God has for you next. Forgiveness is not forgetting. If someone has seriously disrespected you, seriously crossed some boundaries, it is not forgetting that they've done that, okay? Because that could be actually dangerous for you should you just bring them straight back into your life like that. But what is also dangerous for you is holding onto that for the rest of your life and letting it view how you see the world. That will not build your life. What we need to do is choose to let whatever we're feeling go. And you might have to do this over and over 
and over again every time you see the person. But can I just promise you this? It is worth it. Choosing to forgive someone in your heart is one of the best things you can do to build your life well. Because newsflash, if you haven't already, someone's going to hurt your feelings in your life. Whether that's at home, whether that's with your friends, whether that's in a workplace, whether that's walking down the street, you've got to choose to let things go. It might take you some time, but keep working on it. When you do let things go, you can actually take those glasses of offense off. You can cut the chain on the dead body that's attached to you and let yourself move forward. Could you imagine literally dragging a body around for a kilometer, say, and then cutting the chain and just running free? How light you would feel. That's what it's like choosing to forgive someone. Colossians 3.13, Paul writes this, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Straight to the point, Paul is right there. God's forgiven us, we need to forgive others. Ephesians 4.31.32, Paul says again, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, and forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Once again, straight to the point. But if you can put aside all those negative feelings towards people, if you can forgive them in your heart, you're actually going to see them the way Jesus sees them as an individual person that was uniquely created in the image of God. And you can actually then go to the person and have a productive conversation. Great place to start with forgiveness. Secondly, we've got to have the conversation, okay? We've actually got to have the conversation. This is the scariest point. Jesus said really clearly, well, he didn't actually, well, let's start with that. He said, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Jesus did not say, if your brother sins against you, go and tell everyone who will listen exactly what they've done and how wrong they are, except for the person who did the thing. Jesus did not say that. He said, go and talk to them alone. It does not help you or the other person if the conversation is not had. If you, another way to think about having the conversation is if, if I really care about this person and I don't talk to them about this thing they're doing that's hurting people, they're not going to get any better. They're not going to build their life, right? It's one thing for them to hurt us, but if they keep going around hurting heaps of other people, they're only going to hurt themselves. If I really care about this person, I'm having the conversation. If I care about my future and I don't want to get tangled up in a fence, I need to have the conversation. Not with all your friends, have it with the person. Now, there's nothing wrong to talk with talking to a trusted friend about it. But if you want a solution, have the conversation with the person. Here's some practical tips. Don't just try and do it willy-nilly, okay? Talk to the person, say, hey, I really need to talk to you about something. Make a time. Maybe take them for a coffee. Do it somewhere that is like mutual ground. It's not a hallway conversation. Like if it's in a workplace, it can be so easy to have a quick conversation about a water cooler, but often that's not going to solve anything. It's just not enough time. Designate some time to having the conversation. And then set yourself up well for it. Give yourself a little bit of time to prepare. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But if you designate a time, uh, it keeps the conversation on point. It also, if you do it in a public place or have a designated space for it, it'll prevent that conversation from getting too heated. It'll prevent you from getting too heated or too upset in that conversation. Designate a time, designate a space to have the conversation 
And then we'll talk about number three, which is communicate well. Okay, we're forgiven the person. We've got a designated time and a designated place. We have to be able to communicate well, right? Because it's one thing to have the conversation, but has anyone ever been in a conversation with someone and you, or maybe you were that per- this person in the conversation, you thought there was a point that you guys were talking about, but it never got brought up. That feeling where you're like, they're, they're trying to say something, but they haven't really said it. Or maybe you're sitting there going, I'm trying to say something, but I just don't know how to say it, right? That's not going to help us solve problems. We've got to communicate well. You see, all of us, when it comes to communicating, particularly around issues, we have a tendency to sway on this scale of communication. We talked about it in this Ready for Work course uh, under these things called behavioral paradoxes, which is getting it way too technical for what we have the time for tonight. Essentially, when it comes to this communication paradox, there's a big scale. On one end, we have frank, which uh, essentially means, we're going to get these definitions up. There we go. The tendency to be straightforward, direct, to the point, and forthright. And on the other end of the scale, we have diplomatic, which is the tendency to state things in a tactful manner. We all tend somewhere in a balanced point when it comes to communicating with our friends. We all tend to be able to, and I'll say this in, in like plain terms now, have a conversation with our friends and tell them what we're thinking and what we need uh, while at the same time respecting their feelings as a person. When it comes to our friends, we're really good at this. When it comes to our family, well, we might tend, tend towards one way or the other. But ideally, we're reasonably balanced in these areas, except for when it comes to conflict resolution. And there's different models of conflict resolution out there, but most of us uh, tend towards one of these two things when it comes to communicating our issues with people. And sometimes that goes okay if you come across the right personality. Most of the time, it doesn't go okay. All right, here's why. Because when we're too frank, we become blunt. And I have this natural tendency. I'm well aware of the damage it can cause. Because when you're blunt, you tend to say things in the shortest, most direct way possible. Sometimes that's not going to be received well by the other party. You start to hurt their feelings. You start to create more conflict and more unnecessary issues when all you're trying to do is communicate your solution. It's totally innocent. You have no idea you're doing it until you do it. And then you go, oh... Generally, you could uh, picture this in a conversation that turns into an argument with one sentence. Someone said something blunt. On the other way, if we are too diplomatic, we're too caring about the other person's feelings, we're too caring about how people are receiving things, we actually become evasive. It's like that conversation where you think, hey, there was a point to this, but we're not getting to it, or I don't know how to get to this point. That's evasive. And the problem with being evasive is you tend to bottle up your feelings because you care too much about the relationship or what's at stake to actually communicate your need. And when you bottle things up for too long, you get offended, you explode. It's like putting six Mentos into a bottle of Coke. It's never, it's never clean. It's always messy. Uh, and it makes the problem worse. So if we're too frank, we're blunt. We make the problem worse. If we're too diplomatic, we're evasive. And now we haven't communicated our needs, the problem's going to get worse. We have to find a balance. We have to be able to communicate tactfully or respectfully in a straightforward manner. This is where having a set time and place for this conversation can really be of your benefit. No matter where you fit on the scale, if you have a designated time and place, you can prepare to have a good, hard conversation. That's what we want, right? So here's some tips about how we can prepare for it. 
before the conversation, okay, we've forgiven the person, we've set the time up, we need to do that. We need to write down or take some notes about how you're feeling. And do not be afraid to pull those out in that conversation. Because oftentimes when we're on the spot, we can struggle to really communicate what we actually mean. But if you have some notes to refer back to, what did that situation do? How did it cause you feeling? What even was that situation? Some people might need a specific example um, because they have no idea that they're doing it. Uh, it'll avoid you, help, you, uh, avo- help you avoid There we go, being too blunt or too evasive because you now have some content to go off. It's like prepping for this. We write it down, so I'm not making it up. Secondly, we've got to talk about the issue, not the person. It's very easy to start a conversation with, you made me feel like this, or you always do this thing. Who's been on the receiving end of that? Do you, does it feel great? It feels like they're attacking you, they're attacking your character. Now, they're probably not attacking your character or attacking you, but it definitely doesn't come across that way. So when we're communicating it, Remember, you've forgiven them in in your heart. You're not attacking them. You need to talk about the issue. Hey, there was a situation where you said this, X happened, and I felt this way. And because of what what was said, I'm now feeling this and this and this. You're suddenly talking less about them as a person and more about what happened and how it made you feel. This makes it easier for the other person to actually get a picture of how you're feeling without immediately becoming defensive. Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Start the conversation off well. Don't attack the person. Don't cause them to become defensive. Start with a soft answer. Thirdly, avoid the extremes. Once again, we're focusing on the action. Those terms like always, never, those extreme terms in situations, they stop people getting a full grasp of what's going on because suddenly it becomes a generalization. Uh, And once again, they attack the person. It causes people to become defensive. If, for example, Izzy says to me, you always leave dirty food in the sink after you wash the dishes. I'm going to be like, no, I remember very specifically this one time when I emptied that. (laughs) Immediately I'm defensive. There's no solution here. (laughs) So, hey, sometimes this is left in the sink. I would love it if you threw it in the bin. It goes across a lot better than you always do this, right? Avoid the extremes. Don't generalize it. Give people examples. And lastly, stay focused on a solution. What does an ideal solution look like to you? Think about this before you go into a hard conversation because some people who are totally clueless in particular about their actions, they will ask you, well, what would you like me to do about it? You should have an answer to that because if you say, oh, I don't know, what was the point of the conversation? Because you haven't helped them and you haven't helped yourself. What do you want to see happen? Don't go around in circles, communicate how you're feeling and what caused it and what your ideal solution is. Now, they might have, they might, you know, start a further conversation. That's okay because you've now actually got what's been inside you out onto the table. You've got the issue out between you and the other person. You both can look at the issue and find a solution for it and move forward. You're going to strengthen your relationships in your family and your friends in your workplace by do, being able to do this. And by doing it well, you're actually setting yourself up for future opportunities. I can remember uh, working in a bank and 
getting absolutely roasted for choosing not to sell a credit card to, a, to an 18-year-old. And some of you guys, I'm pretty passionate about this. I vehemently disagreed with that uh, sales tactic employed by the bank. And while I did receive a written warning for my refusal to do so, my boss could have fired me, but she didn't. We were able to have a conversation where she really heard my heart on how I felt about it. Okay, yes, I didn't do my job. I got a written warning, all right? That happened. But it didn't end my career there. It actually, when an opportunity at a different branch came up, she actually put my name forward for it, and I was transferred into a different work environment that actually took me forward in a few different ways. But yes, it didn't end up perfectly. I still got the written warning. Having the conversation didn't close the door for me. It opened things into the future. It will strengthen even those kind of relationships. Lastly, there's one really important thing to remember with all of this, and I touched on it at the start. It's not up to us how the other person responds. We are only in control of our response and our side of the conversation. We set it up well. Yes, we give ourselves the best chance possible to get to that point where Jesus says, if he listens, you have gained a brother. Be 100% in control of that. Don't let your emotions blow one of these conversations because you might not realize what relationship you're wrecking in the moment. But 10 years down the track, you might look back and go, I really wish I'd have done that better because that could have opened a different doorway in my life. Now, God always works things through his plan, but be in total control of your response and set yourself up for a win. Now, if it doesn't go well, Jesus said, if he doesn't listen, go and talk to one or two trusted friends and talk to the person about it. Maybe that's when you talk to your trusted friend about it. Maybe that's when, you know, you, have a, you talk to your life group leader about it. Maybe further down the track, if that doesn't go well, you talk to a pastor about it. You know, but um, like Levi and I were talking about this the other week. There's so many times in our journeys, people have come to us with issues and you say, have you talked to the person? They say, no, start there. So many things can be resolved in that initial conversation. You will strengthen yourself. Your communication will improve. Your grace towards others will improve. Your patience will improve. Your ability to communicate the tough stuff will improve. And you're helping other people along the way. That's going to build your life. Hey, why don't we stand? Who feels better equipped to have those hard conversations? Thanks. Thanks to you guys. (laughs) Hey, I want to give us a moment because... I understand that when we talk about these hard conversations, it can bring up memories. It might have hit a pain point. It it might even have brought a face to your mind of someone you're not doing too well with. And I want to give us the opportunity to let God speak to our hearts about that. So I'd love it if you just would close your eyes and bow your head. I'm going to ask some questions. uh, And I can send these out to anyone who wants them. But I'd love us to give us a moment between us and God. What's God saying to you about this stuff? No one's lives have 100% perfect relationships in them. Uh, And if you do, I want to meet you and get your secrets. But why don't you let God speak to you? What are you holding on to that you need to let go of? What is it that's sitting deep down in your heart that you choose not to think about? Who do you need to forgive? Is there someone that, okay, maybe you've forgiven them once, but you're letting that offense creep back in? Who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to have a hard conversation with that you've been putting off? What conversations do you need to revisit with people? 
Ultimately, what are you going to do about what God's saying to you? Are you going to let big things slide in the hopes that they don't turn into offense? Are you going to take that chance? Or are you going to set yourself up for a win by having the harder conversations? What are you going to do about it? Jesus, I just thank you that in this space, Lord, that you're revealing things to people, but you're also giving them the tools to uh, equip them to move forward with it. Lord, we just thank you that because of the peace you give us, we can have these conversations well with people. Lord, help us prepare well. Give us confidence to talk to people about things that might have really hurt us. Lord, we just ask that your hand would be upon it. As it, as it says, with two or more agree on anything, Lord, that uh, God will do it. We just thank you so much for that. And in this place right now, maybe a hard conversation that's going on in your heart is one between you and God. Maybe you feel like you haven't walked the greatest journey and that might make you not the perfect recipient for a relationship with Jesus. Maybe that's a conversation you need to have with God right now. I'd love to give the opportunity to anyone who wants to begin that conversation with God. Why don't you come and have a chat with me after the service? If that's you and you decide tonight, you know what, I'm actually going to pursue this and I I don't really know what that means. I'd love to have a conversation about it. Come and find me after the service or come and chat to Joella and Micah at the Connect Hub and they would love... You guys are on the Connect Hub, right? Oh, have a chat with Joella and Micah. No, come find me after the service. Who's on? Kate's on the Connect Hub. Sorry. If that's you tonight and you're like, you know what, I do need to have a hard conversation with God about where I'm headed in life. Hey, come and have a chat with us. We'd love to empower you on that journey. Uh, And thank you, Levi and Sam, who are going to jump up. Thanks, guys.